I think there's this very romanticized idea of what a campaign is like, that it's sort of traveling around, shaking hands, kissing babies and doing debates. And the reality is that most of your time is spent in an office making phone calls, trying to raise money. That's where we saw the knowledge gap was one of the biggest problems. I'm Eric Wilson, managing partner of Startup Caucus, an investment fund and incubator for Republican campaign technology. Welcome to the Business of Politics show. On this podcast, we bring you into conversation with the entrepreneurs who build best-in-class political businesses, the funders who provide the capital, and the operatives who put it all together to win campaigns. Our conversation today is with Dante Vitagliano, the founder of Trailmapper, whose product Prospector helps campaigns raise money from major donors with less effort. Before that, Dante worked on campaigns throughout New Hampshire. Trailmapper is a startup caucus portfolio company. We're proud to be invested in them. And in today's conversation, we discuss Dante's founder journey from becoming a political operative to starting his business, the challenges that he sees in the political technology space, and advice he has four operatives thinking about making the leap to entrepreneur. Dante, what was the key insight you had from working on so many campaigns that led you to start Trailmapper? We set out to close the knowledge gap and make it easier for anyone to run for office. But the severity of that problem really wasn't clear to me until I started my own consulting shop. As a campaign staffer, your only frame of reference is really the campaign that you're on and any organizations or any campaigns that you worked on before that. But as a consultant doing lots of different races up and down the ballot across the country, that's where I learned just how pervasive the problem really was. It's a weird thing that we do, and it's not easy. So the difference between perception and reality as it relates to running a good campaign anyway is really quite drastic. That's a really interesting observation, both from the, the sort of professional side, because we have lots of campaigns to compare something to. But then I see a lot that candidates are surprised when they come from really successful commercial backgrounds, as we're increasingly seeing, right? It used to be the case that you climb the ranks and you you serve as a state That's legislator right. or a county executive, and then you work your way up. But we're seeing right now, obviously, Donald Trump, big example of this is, you know, no previous political experience and then is coming in. But we saw it in Virginia with Glenn Youngkin. We see it all over the place. And so these candidates come in with backgrounds in the commercial space where they've got really good tools, really good software, and they come to politics and they're like, well, why don't you have this stuff? Michelle shocked. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And this is also true, by the way of what I'll call ladder climbers, right? So people moving up in the ranks, they might have run for or they might be elected. But like once they take that next step, the difference between being a state representative and running for US Congress is pretty significant, especially so for like the CEO type, you know, the, the executive who runs for office for the first time. They're used to like they say what happens and it happens. It's just like magic. You know, there's someone there to execute and they have all sorts of resources to expend to make sure that the thing, whatever it is, takes place to their satisfaction. And when they, they run for office, I think there's sort of idea, this very romanticized idea of what of what a campaign is like, that it's uh, sort of traveling around, shaking hands, kissing babies and doing debates. And the reality is that most of your time is spent in an office making phone calls, trying to raise money. And of course, there are rubber chicken dinners and things of that nature. But the reality of campaigning is much more frustrating. The money doesn't raise itself. The best laid plans 
still need funding in order to execute. So that's where we saw the knowledge gap was one of the biggest problems. Campaigns really are like their their own startup organizations. And you have to start from, from square one with nothing but maybe a domain name and a registration and everything from there, it's a blank slate. You got to build it from scratch. This is a really interesting thing about campaigns that there's so much scrutiny paid to your launch as a candidate. And it's almost like from a journalist perspective and, and from an operative and, and influencer perspective that we expect candidates to launch perfectly from day one. You think about Startup Caucus and Trail Mapper when we first started, I'm glad that not many people were paying attention because it took me a while to figure some things out. I think that's another challenge that campaigns face that's different than traditional businesses or startups. There's no soft opening or uh, beta trial. That's true. I mean, I think it's interesting to see how campaigns evolve as a long-time operative and consultant. I've seen how just the energy and the attitude, everything from the issues that you focus on to the the messaging, everything changes. I mean, when when you launch, that's basically like, you know, your your iteration one. That's the the best that you can come up with in the absence of nothing, right? Because you might have some polling, sure. You might have done uh, some you know preliminary research, and you might have some basic idea about you know the the, the composition of the district, what it's going to take to win. I hope you know that's in an ideal scenario. <laughs> right. That's where you're starting from. Um, you know, sometimes that's that's not necessarily the case, and you just file paperwork and you know, launch a, a website. But neither here nor there. The launch is really just iteration one. From there, it's about responding to and taking in data, taking in feedback, uh, learning from the experience. That's the problem that we sought out to solve is how do you take it from launch and build a a campaign that is sustainable throughout? And it doesn't stall shortly after your announcement video is leaked to the press, as it were. Right. And so, so Dante, you know, you're, you're working to build resources for, for candidates who are getting started in launching. But when you started TrailMapper, I mean, we spoke very early on, both in terms of, of startup caucuses beginnings and TrailMappers. And I'm just curious to hear from you, what were the resources that you turned to when you were making this, this transition to building a, a product-based business? Yeah. So the, the, the good news for any budding entrepreneur is that there is really no... Um, uh, a shortage of resources available to anyone who's looking to start a, a, a company or uh, to launch a startup. Uh, the problem that at least I encountered is that most of the resources that are readily available, you know, on various blogs like Hacker News and whatnot, uh, they're really geared towards a venture funded B2B SaaS company. And that's great. But I think political tech lives in this weird space between B2B and consumer facing tech. I mean, the customer is technically a business. In an ideal world, your campaign operates like a business right. and like a successful startup, like a lean startup. But, but the truth of the matter is that the candidate is really both the product and the principal. So political tech is unique. I know everyone says that, but it's true. There's no way around it. So you have to be able to thread the needle between implementing best practices for B2B software companies, as well as consumer facing tech, because you have to know the stakeholders and, and who's actually going to be involved in the decision making to implement your solution. You have to have a unique and valuable value proposition 
this is a long way of saying that the startup advice that you stumble upon can only get you so far. And that's a, I mean, it's it's not just a, a challenge for first time founders or new entrepreneurs. I mean, I work with experienced business people all the time who are trying to make the leap into politics as offering a service or, or product. And it bewilders them too, the, the way the industry is structured. So it is not as clear cut. So I, I want to talk through the product here for a minute. Dante, which is, you know, the first iteration of TrailMapper, what we invested in was a set of modules to help candidates run their campaigns more professionally. And so what you have done in the last year or so is focus on Prospector, which is seeing good traction. It is a fundraising tool. And so it zooms in on a specific element of campaigning and getting campaigns running. How did you know that you needed to make a pivot and then that pivot specifically. When customers started asking the question, how does this help me raise money? We discovered that major donor fundraising space is one of those severely underserved areas in campaign innovation. The way it has been done is the way it has been done for, I, I want to say decades, because I think that's probably true. I mean, Certainly there, since there are, the advent of, of the uh, Excel spreadsheet. There you go. I mean, right. the, that's, the, that's the way most campaigns are still managing their major donor fundraising operations. So what what that lends itself to is really bad data, really poor operations. It's terribly inefficient. And the whole concept of like a build, measure, learn feedback loop is impossible with, with this process. The best thing that could have happened was political teams asking us, you know, how, how this helps them raise money. Well, we can, we can do that. We can make your operations more efficient. We can learn from our activities instead of just ha having all of the data go into a black hole. Well, I want to underline a lesson here for prospective entrepreneurs and, and, and current founders is, is that you are creating a solution to a very clear problem. This is, this is the surest way that you can get campaigns to sit up straight and pay attention to the product that you're offering, which is to help them with a problem, namely in this case, money and being very clearly tied to inputs and outputs, which is a key decision-making framework that a lot of campaign managers and, and operatives employ. Why don't campaigns use typical, you know, CRM sales pipeline type software for their fundraising? It's a complicated problem. Uh, I think there's lots of different reasons. The first of which is that most of the off-the-shelf CRM tools that are out there are not geared towards political campaigns needs. And when it's unfamiliar and it seems like you're adapting and sacrificing to make the, the tool work, that doesn't lead itself to super efficient operations. This is something I experienced in my own consulting. We would work with campaigns, their staff on the ground would you know, tell them to implement certain tools, but they wouldn't get used or they would be used so inefficiently or improperly that they would be rendered entirely useless. So there's a learning curve involved um, in using any new tool, but I think the, the biggest issue is it comes back to that knowledge gap, right? Exactly. You're listening to the Business of Politics show from Startup Caucus. I'm speaking with Dante Vitagliano, who's the founder of TrailMapper, and we're discussing his product Prospector, which helps campaigns with their major donor fundraising. I want to shift now to more broad startup product business development advice, Dante. Let me ask you this. What was an assumption that you had early on as a founder, but now that you're a couple years into it, that, that you've had to either abandon or update? 
there's two that come to mind immediately. The first is that, that we would be competing with an existing technology. The, the truth is that we're competing with culture and with tradition of how things are done. Uh, so we expected to have to differentiate based on superior tech and features when really what our unique proposition is, is that it is technology in and of itself. We have applied tech and data to improve an operation, something that you have to do. The second major assumption that we made was around onboarding. We learned you got to meet people where they are. It's not going to be the same for every political team. They come with all sorts of different configurations, structure, funding, maturity, sophistication, knowledge. So the onboarding process is difficult to standardize. The idea that you could onboard a, a client onto a political tech platform in the same way you do for Hootsuite, it's, it's really not the same. It's much more hands-on. So the onboarding has been uh, something that's been, I would say, a fun challenge to take on uh, to try and make more efficient and effective. At the end of the day, we, we only succeed when our clients succeed. So the onboarding process is critical. We need all the ducks to be in rows before we can expect our users to have a good experience and to use the tools effectively. I think those are two really important observations. The difficulty in this space, the more I work on it and, and the more I talk with founders like you, is not it's not technology, pretty widely available. We're not inventing new things. That's and right. it's, it's not the funding, right? Because it's a giant industry. It's the culture that is our biggest barrier to driving advancement. And so as I start to talk about Startup Caucus with other people, I really focus on the why. So we are trying to make Republican campaigns more effective accountable and professional. The way we do that is with software. And so the culture is really our biggest challenge. It's not the technology or money. And then the second lesson that you highlighted that I think is really important, and, and you've, you've coined this phrase, and, and I borrow it all the time, which is software with a service. So mm -hmm. there isn't to speak of culture, a software as a service type culture in politics. There are only enterprise sales. Every customer in this space wants to sit down with you, have a steak dinner, play a round of golf, have a drink. There's no like, come to my landing page and I wrote this really good copy and we've got a funnel and you convert. It is still very much hands-on. I think you correctly point out that it's because every single customer is different. You're going to have some who have no political experience and you're going to have people who have done this a thousand times and they're just going to follow the pattern and playbook that they know. Yeah, it's true. It's uh, it's really interesting. Uh, we've been quite fortunate. Um, I think that the the culture is starting to change and uh, start to shift more towards. Um, I mean, we're we're a fully remote company, uh, and you know we span all time zones and we're you know, all over the country. We have users across the contiguous U.S. Nobody in Hawaii yet. Um, give it time, I suppose. But um, we couldn't do this. We definitely couldn't do this maybe six years ago. I think it would be it would be a weird idea. I don't think I would have even thought that it was um, you know a super great idea to have a fully distributed team. There's even when I mean in D.C. There's all of the media firms, the consulting shops, the uh, advocacy uh, organizations that they're all they all still have a brick and mortar presence, um, but. The political tech space has started to shift the culture to uh, have a, a more, um, I guess, modern, more similar to today's tech companies' uh, mindset in terms of how they go about, you know, selecting the tools and and building out their technological infrastructure. 
I think so. I think that's fortunate. I think Startup Caucus is 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 responsible in many ways for shifting the the mindset. Things are changing and definitely changing for the better. I would not have thought that this was something that we could do six years ago, yeah. maybe ten years ago. Definitely not. Well, we did see just a, a ton of technology adoption in the year plus of COVID. So that helped us out quite a bit. And, and no one could have seen that coming, obviously. Dante, I have lots of conversations with political operatives who have ideas for businesses to solve a problem they, they face every day on campaigns. But there's that leap between, you know, you, you're making a good living as a consultant on campaigns. But in order to start a product business, you have to give all of that up, or at least that's people's perspective. And so that can be daunting. So it's, it's really frustrating because I've, I've got a lot of people who would make really good entrepreneurs and founders sitting on the sidelines because, you know, they're at a stage in their career where it's easier to stay with the status quo, but they've oh. identified a clear problem and solution. What encouragement or advice or wisdom would you offer to someone who was in your shoes, say three years ago, it's super gratifying to be able to solve a problem that you see and have experienced working in politics. And so these these problems that we solve are, I'm very acutely aware of these problems and these challenges. Being able to do anything to move the ball forward, to, to change how things are done and to make things easier for what I was, what I would have been, right? So the, the campaign staff or the, the consultant, the member of the political team, that's a super gratifying experience. I can, I can say that pretty confidently. That's definitely what, what motivates me today. The, the culture doesn't change on its own. So if you want to see things become more efficient, more effective, more data-driven, more professional, you really have no choice but to, to go out and create a product that solves a problem. I would definitely encourage anyone looking to get started in political tech to focus on a problem that they are intimately aware of, that they have experienced before, um, at least for a first-time founder. I mean, if you've done this a few times, then you know, take on the the biggest, hairiest, uh, scariest problems that with the biggest market and the most available money to make. But first-time founder, I would definitely focus on something that you're acutely and I guess viscerally connected to the problem. I can say that I know what it's like to raise money the old way. It's not terribly fun and it is frustrating and inefficient. So when we see our clients succeed, that's all the more gratifying. Dante, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a great conversation. People can learn more about TrailMapper at trailmapper.io. The link is in the show notes here. And get in touch with Dante if you're looking for more information about Prospector and helping your campaign raise money more effectively. Remember to subscribe to the Business of Politics show wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, and if this is the fifth, sixth, seventh episode that you've listened to, please go and leave a rating or even a review on Apple Podcasts because this is really helpful in the discovery and getting people to find it. It's not about our ego. It's about helping more people find this show and get the resources they need and learn more about Startup Caucus so they can start their own business in the political space, which is what we're all about. And so if this episode made you smarter or made you nod your head along as you were listening, please share it with a colleague who you think would appreciate it. And with that, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening.